I bought a wood carved GTA 5 map for my wall. Oh, I, I, I got something, chat. I will show it to you. I show you the thing that I got. It's the entire map of GTA 5 carved in wood. It's, you can smell the timber. It's like, it's like handcrafted. It's like, you gotta put it on my wall downstairs. It is, uh, it was expensive. Not gonna lie. But I've always wanted some sort of GTA 5 memorabilia. I wanted something so that 10 years from now, I can sit on my fucking lounge and be like, that fucking world ruined my life. No. <laughs> it's something to remember these times. You know. Rockstar's advertisement for their new DLC. The southern San Andreas economy is in crisis. Gas prices have spiked to the highest levels in decades. Supply chains are in turmoil. And a ferocious heat wave is gripping the state. So I wonder where they got inspiration for this DLC. They just copied everything that's going on in real life right now. And uh, put it in a DLC. Take two caused the heat wave to promote new online DLC. I knew it. Yeah, exactly. All of these things wouldn't be happening in real life if it wasn't for Rockstar. Clearly Rockstar was releasing this DLC and they're like, shit, we don't have a way to promote this content. I know, let's cause these problems from the game in real life. <laughs> Almost at 1 million subscribers. So I'm about to hit a million subs, guys, on YouTube. I don't know how I feel about it. On some level, I worry I'm gonna hit a million and just pseudo-retire. Be less focused on getting something out every day and whatnot. Like, I won't have anything immediate to shoot for. YouTube explains the shorts algorithm and how it interacts with the rest of YouTube. My shorts, where I talked about the On Mission Zero skip, or the Cletus skip, if you like, uh, in its first day, didn't do all that well. And that made me a little bit sad, because I was like, man, I really thought this would do well. Like, I made this... This is the first time I've ever made something specifically for 9x16. I'm like, this is such a good concept. I presented it well. I think this is really good content. I'm, I'm annoyed that it hasn't done well. And then, in the coming days, it just went, whoa, blew up massively. This is like the most subscribers I've gotten on a video in quite a long time. No money, of course, because that's how shorts work. And you can see, and you can see behind my head here, like the graph, it just did it, boom. And uh, it's gone back down again. But shorts seem very swingy. Like it, it could bump up again. Later, who knows? I end up talking to TG on Twitter, and he's like, it doesn't seem as though getting a really big short seems to help your long form content all that much. And I was suggested a video. So this tweet led me to this video, which led me to this conversation between Mr. Beast and the guy at YouTube who works in discoverability. The audio's shit, but in this video, Mr. Beast and this Todd dude talk about the YouTube algorithm, and confirm everything that I thought about it, or suspected about it, as being true. Because you know how it is, you like, pick up stuff as you go throughout, throughout your career, or you make certain connections and you wonder, is this just in my head and whatnot? And it turned out, no. When I used YouTube Shorts, I was like, man, it seems as though there is a separate algorithm for YouTube Shorts and for long form content. At least that's what it seems like. So Todd here is like, yeah, so when we first released Shorts, we realized that the algorithm couldn't really handle it because you'd have a person who'd go into the Shorts section and watch like a hundred videos that uh, were only one minute in length. And so the algorithm's like, oh, this person only likes short videos. They only like videos that are one minute in length. <laughs> we better start recommending them more. 
And so a person would leave shorts and go to the main page and all that would be there is one minute long videos. The algorithm not being able to realize that the only reason that person was watching one minute videos is because they're watching shorts. And so what they did is they're like, well, this is not good. Uh, I guess we'll just separate the two and make an algorithm for shorts and algorithm for long, for long form content, which is good in a way because long form content isn't disadvantaged by people using shorts. Its recommendations aren't reduced. But the bad thing about this is if you become very successful in shorts, it, it's not going to easily transfer over to long form content. Like you get some subscribers and subscribers do matter for getting views in your long form content, but it, uh, being a subscriber is not, it's not sufficient to necessarily get recommended thousands of videos from a creator, right? Todd has said they're looking into ways to, to fix this, to kind of mesh the algorithms together or uh, make it so people who become successful in shorts can also um, have their long form content recommended to the same people. But I don't, I, at least this wasn't that long ago. I doubt they've solved that yet. But one other thing that he didn't mention that you can infer is that this is probably why my clips channel did so well. They released shorts. I speculate at the time, like they must have changed the algorithm somehow. When I released my clips channel, it was coincidentally at the time where the algorithms for shorts and long form content were merged because I was one of the few people who was releasing endless fucking clips, you know, 24 a day or whatever. The algorithm's like, oh, everyone likes short content now. Give them more clips, more and more clips. So I just, you know, coincidentally was able to ride that wave, get a lot more subscribers, a lot more money, a lot more views because of something that was ultimately something that, that YouTube didn't intend. Now, the algorithms aren't merged. They were merged back when I first made my clip channel. They unmerged them and that would explain why my clips channel stopped doing as well. It wasn't doing 100 million views like it did in the beginning. If you are a creator who is interested in learning some things about the algorithm and you don't mind bad audio, uh, go to this spotlight stage, June 25th, and it's about three hours and 15 minutes in. I may make a video on it and summarize what was in it because it was some interesting stuff. It, it, Mr. Beast also talks about how he views YouTube and uh, what he does with his videos. Some of it was interesting. Other parts aren't really applicable to me and I disagree with. It, partly what I was talking about before with, uh, you know, retention versus length of video and all that jazz. Um, yeah, interesting conversation. Twitch's new ban list sharing feature. Our new shared ban info feature rolling out today helps you easily share banned user information with trusted channels to keep your community safe. Your asking another person to mutually share banned information. So I send a, a message to Modest Pelican and say, hey, can you share with me everyone you've banned and I will share everyone with you who I've banned. And you can do 30 of these sharing relationships. While you're streaming, it will just come up and say, yo, this person was banned in that other person's chat, watch yourself. Which is actually interesting as well because it doesn't auto ban them, I suppose. Maybe there's a setting so you can auto ban them, I'm not sure. This just seems like a good feature. This kind of stuff has existed for a long time, but usually within particular communities. So like people would make scripts or whatever that would auto ban people in a bunch of large streamers chats. This just seems to be Twitch implementing a feature that other people had already built for themselves and just making it, of course, therefore more accessible to more people. Is it like a one-time request though, or does the list of banned users in someone else's channel continuously get updated? Seems to be continuously updated. You, you start a relationship and then you can end it. The series that could make me the king of GTA Guesser. So I got sent an interesting series. They go into games and just like check out scenery. So I'll give you an example. Hello everyone and welcome to the GTA 5 Tourist. 
This is the Houses of Vinewood Hills at Night miniseries. And so there's no dialogue here. And so all he does is like, this is the house. This is where the house is. And he's like, well, this is an interesting garage. He like analyzes the house as a house. Very nice backyard view. And the reason why this was sent to me is because Josh was like, hey, Matt, here is a list of house tours in GTA to help out with GTA Guesser. There are playlists for other cities as well if you want me to send. And so I'm looking at this like, this would be really helpful, but it would take so fucking long to watch. And I couldn't just listen to it. I'd actually have to actively engage and watch. I know for a fact this would make me better at GTA Guesser. Even if I only retain one-tenth of the information, it will be valuable. But on some level, I'm, I worry, like, maybe I'll get too good at GTA Guesser. There will be no one in existence who will be able to match me. I'll just be too strong. That is less of a concern, though, than just the amount of time this would take to do. GTA Guesser Esports! <laughs> yeah, if you are interested in watching this series yourself, for whatever reason, uh, Cats and Wagon TV. Interesting concept. It's funny, I had a similar idea, which was my... My Tour of Los Santos series. When I had an extra hour, I would just use mods and jump around the city and be like, well, this is a nice house. This is a nice pool. I did like three hours of it or something, but I just haven't had time to do more. And that was all for me trying to learn these locations for GTA Guessa. Maybe I could just continue to do that. I just never really have time to do it, but uh, it's it's interesting. This person must be doing this for a very long time. Let's see, let's see how old the channel is. So five years ago, he first did this. Interesting. Gambling streamer attempts to buy back their soul. So I want to do a poll with you guys. Do you know Train Rex TV? Like not even watch him, just do you know his name? So 63% of people said no. So Train Rex TV has been in a lot of controversy over his career from being, uh, some might call a colossal douchebag. I've actually heard those words used. Uh, I'm not making them up. Very poor reputation. But during uh, like 2021, maybe late 2020, he started doing like a ridiculous amount of slots. You know, we're talking like like 5,000 hours of slots potentially. Somewhere in that ballpark, right? He's just sitting there. He might not say a single word for like five minutes and just going slot after slot. Let's see if I can uh, show you some footage. Like this stream went for 32 hours. We're gonna probably wait over that. And this has 1.7 million views. Isn't, isn't this amazing content? But regardless, doing slots for this long, for whatever reason, grew him from, you know, person getting 5K view, viewers to getting 25K, at, 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 you know, 30K or whatever. He was sponsored to do all this slot stuff. And he must have received like tens of millions of dollars because he was really, really good at bringing people in to the gambling ecosystem. And of course, having them shill out their life savings to these gambling companies, potentially ruining thousands, tens of thousands of lives, getting them addicted to this massively brain dead stuff that is that only exists to take advantage of weaknesses in human psychology. Gambling is not a rational thing. Rational arguments against it traditionally do not work. And so he effectively grew in terms of his fame and bank account to a staggering amount doing this. But somewhere along the way, Train seems to have understood that eventually more money can't make you satisfied. You get to a point where you're at the top and you're like, man, what now? 
The vast majority of people who end up getting a staggering amount of wealth, regardless from what source, get to that point. And they're like, well, I've got a lot of money now, so I, I guess I should do other things. So I don't know, the last couple of months, he's done a few of these now, where after, you know, sucking potentially tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, into gambling, into slots, into the most degenerative, addictive, disgusting um, aspects of gambling, he's now like, uh, I'm, I'm launching my free mental health care program. You know, he's, he's partnered with these people and giving a fraction of the amount of money that he's made destroying people's lives. He's like, to all content creators of all sizes, the cost of care we can provide can be relative to what we each make. I've been doing this for my core community since 2015. It works. Reply this post to set up this program for your community. We can succeed where most countries have failed. Gone keep it a buck, I'm disgusted that none of the large creators that farm clout with posts and cheap words every time mental health awareness is trending didn't instantly want to opt into my free mental health care program for their community just because it means pennies, I guess, out of their pocket. Tags all of them. Regardless of any of our differences, if any, you should all join on this. Outside of this program, we can still shit talk each other, but for this, we put aside, put our differences aside. I ask you this question. Could you imagine like a psychologist or a therapist or anyone who works in the mental health industry as a side business advertising gambling, gambling to millions of people? Do you think any psychologist would be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You should be advertising gambling, getting gambling more accepted in society, a more, uh, a, a, being a gateway to people ruining their lives. It's like a nutritionist promoting McDonald's. And now can you imagine a person who gives two fucks about mental health doing that either? Trainwrecks fucked people's mental health and continues to fuck people's mental health as a mechanism to receive a massive amount of wealth. And now he's got that massive amount of wealth. He looks back and goes, huh, but I want it all though. I don't just want the massive amount of wealth. I also want the respect of my peers and I want to be seen as a good guy. And so now he puts forth this initiative and he's shaming people for not wanting to be associated with him. My take on this. Trainwrecks advertised the most destructive, addictive gambling for years and was paid handsomely for his success doing so. Now, like everyone who achieved wealth through harmful means, he's trying to buy back his soul and public esteem. Why does this always work? How far we have fallen? Is there any way wealth can be made, regardless of how harmful, where people won't say, hey, anyone would do it? Most who come to have staggering wealth eventually attempt to buy social capital, at which point the source of wealth doesn't seem to matter. Money talks. There's this analogy I give where People are climbing a mountain and a person is climbing and uh, he sees another person beside him, he smashes them in the face and they fall to their death. And he just keeps climbing, kicks another person to their death. It's like, it's them or me, it's them or me, kicks them down. And then he gets to the top of the mountain. He's like, yes, I won. He's like, you know, I've had a change of heart. I don't really think that people should kick other people down mountains or punch them in the face to get ahead in life. I'm gonna start a, some sort of committee to stop other people doing this, or to uh, cure away the impacts of people being hit in the face and falling down mountains. It's just so disingenuous. You only care after you've received all the benefits of doing that exact same fucking thing. Like how much of it is guilt? How much of it is just a desire for more clout? Given the like amount of people that he tags, being like, yo man, you should all get in on this, brah. We should be friends again. Let's get, let's get involved together. It could be either, but it's just sad. And what sucks, chat, is it's working. Well, you don't see like the biggest content creators messaging whatever. You can see some messages, like a lot of supportive messages from 
viewers, uh, other smaller creators or whatever, or being like, yeah, I want to get involved. This sounds great. Because you can never win back everyone. There's always going to be some amount of people who see through your bullshit, see through the scam. But there are a lot of people who won't. It just seems as though there is no mechanism for wealth generation where, where your sins can't be absolved in the public eye. We're just throwing around a little, a little bit of money. Even, even just a small fraction of what you've made. Even if it only removes a small, tiny amount of the harm that you've caused, it's enough for some people. And if you just stay in long enough, some people aren't even aware of the shit that you've done. It just seems as though you can just be the scummiest motherfucker, scam everyone, advertise the most heinous shit, go all in on like, even, even just stuff that's kind of gray. You just make that your entire existence. And you just wait a little bit and go, changed my mind about it guys and I'm, I'm donating 10 bucks to Frank. And it was like, yes, King. Society sucks. Why be a good person when you can just be a horrendous person and then buy a good persona with your ill-gotten gains? I, I find funny though, people will point to like on his stream, do not gamble, you will lose. Look how desperate he is to have defenses. Are there people out there who really believe that casinos are like rigged in the in the normal person's favor? That, that it isn't weighted towards the house? Is there any person who live who doesn't realize that? But people still go to casinos because gambling isn't rational. Making rational arguments against a an emotional need, desire, the, the chemicals in the brain. What What's going to come next? You can beat the odds, man. It could be you who gets all that money. Look at the flashing lights. All of it designed just to prey off our psychological vulnerabilities. Trainwrex wouldn't have been sponsored for as long as he was and potentially still is if he was not successful at getting people to gamble. And if this was truly a detriment to that goal, then he wouldn't have been sponsored and the sponsorships would be removed. And certainly after gaining a fuck ton of money, even without this shit and then putting it there, does not absolve you of anything that you've done in the past. Yeah, surely the casino just gives away millions to streamers, even though they won't make their money back. Yeah, it's nonsense. Streamers who don't want to be role models. I talked about that I'm not a role model thing before. It is a part of the job. If you hold influence over others, you will naturally be a role model. You can't have your cake and eat it too. A consequence of making money in the way that we do is that we're role models and we will impact others. You can't just say, well, I don't want to be a role model to people, so it's not it's not my responsibility or not my problem if my status of role model causes harm. It clearly is. If you don't want to be a role model, stop being a fucking streamer. Stop putting yourself in front of tens of thousands of people. Stop influencing people in their behaviors, either either by design or um, accidentally. People tend to idolize people they like, even not liking them. We are influenced by all things that we see in our lives, often in very subtle ways. We're not perfectly in control of ourselves or our emotions and all that jazz. Being a role model is not a choice, exactly. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.